Overcoming Perfectionism and Finding Your Strengths with Life and Business Coach Christopher Browning. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by the people who matter to you. If you want to make awesome connections, build strong relationships and get what you want in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Welcome to Episode 7 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors, and I'm very excited about today's episode because we're talking all about perfectionism and how to overcome it, and boy, do I need some of that. But first, I'd like to just share with you one lovely iTunes review I've received this week. And this is from Sexy Brown Arch from the USA, who writes, I first found out about Christina from her previous podcast for design students and was immediately hooked to her style. She is a very fun host and asks great questions that help educate listeners like myself. I just started listening to this podcast, which is her second podcast, and am an instant fan. This one contains a high production value and quality and still contains the great depth of information. The 30-minute episode lengths work well with my schedule, and the episodes thus far have been a pleasure to listen to. Congratulations, Christina, on your second podcast, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much to Sexy Brown Arch from the USA. I really, really appreciate your kind words, and I'll be sharing one iTunes review each week on the podcast because I just love people. I love that people have taken the time out to write a review. It really, really means a lot to me. And if you would like to do just a little thing to help this podcast, you can leave a review. I'd be very appreciative. Just go to thecmethod.com slash iTunes. Okay, let's get to the interview. My guest today is Christopher Browning, who is a wonderful life and business coach. He helps men build confidence in themselves and reach their full potential, whether it is in business, in their careers, or in life. Christopher also has a podcast. It's called Shaving with Chainsaws, and it helps men to do the impossible with work, women, and self. And I'll put links to that in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Christopher. Now, I really wanted to talk to Christopher about perfectionism and how a frantic overachiever like myself can learn to overcome it. You may think that perfectionism is about spending hours agonizing over your website font or hitting a personal best when you're at the gym or running, or delivering a flawless presentation, but it actually runs much deeper than that. I learned so much from Christopher in this interview, and and I hope that you also learned something about yourself that you didn't know before. All right, so let's get to it. Enjoy this episode with the wonderful Christopher Browning. You're highly experienced in in small business internet marketing and I know you also specialize in career and excellence coaching for men. I just want to know, how how did you get into coaching for men and and why men specifically? Oh, that's a great question. Do you want the the sad answer or like the happy answer? Which one do you want? Oh, we're going to have to hear both now. (laughs) Now that you've mentioned that, can you do, can you do two quick brief Answers? Yeah, yeah, I'll try to do I'll try to do both really quickly. Okay. So the happy answer was I saw I saw a lot of people struggling with the same thing. And as I started working on some of the 
answers, uh, people just kept on coming to me. And so what I saw is there's really this kind of our an issue in our society where men are unable to feel just enough as a man for who he is. And that's kind of the happy side. Well, the sad side is actually I was suicidal. And I was at a deep point where I just said, I got to get something figured out. I'm struggling. Um, I would talk about the problem that I, I was having and where I wasn't feeling confidence inside of my own work. And then sometimes I just couldn't get the work done that I knew I needed to get done. And when I asked questions, I kind of got two responses. One was, that's your own deal. You need to go work that out. And the other one was, and it was almost like they were really quiet and they would come to me and they'd say like, I don't know. But then they kind of look around over the shoulder and they would say, but when you find out, will you come tell me? I ended up finding a group of guys that kind of taught me what it was. Um, how do you find balance? How do you get back to the center? And then, and then to stay there. And at what point did you realize that you could help other guys um, who had gone through the same thing as you? I think I've, I found out because I just saw that there were so many like me. Um, mm. that the same problems that I was plagued with and, um, I could just kind of see it. Mm. And that's There's just, definitely people out there yeah, who need that help. That's exactly it. And you have a podcast, right? I do. It's dedicated to this. It's changing. So I won't tell you the old one. The new one is not up yet, but it's called Shaving with Chainsaws. Shaving with Chainsaws? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What's the goal of the podcast? So it's kind of a whole fun backstory of this. So it was originally called The Successful Man. And as I kind of put it to like um, the focus groups, I'd like give it to guys and I'd say, hey, what do you think about this? Nobody was excited about the name. They're just like, no. They understood what I wanted to do with it. And they're like, we're totally on board with the concept. But the name sucks. So I said, okay, so what do you want it to be? And I said, well, we kind of want to go like on a sense of adventure. We want to be able to do the impossible, that we're tired of shows of just an interview. So we want to have this place where people are talking about doing the impossible of, in a sense, being a man. What, how do you do those impossible things of being a man? And um, so somebody who I will forever be indebted to, which is Derek Murphy. Derek Murphy does book titles. That's his job, is he just comes up with book titles and does book covers. So he's an artist and he's really good at coming up with titles. And so what he essentially does is he's figure out a little bit of danger, something that was manly and something that seems impossible. And it's just enough to pique curiosity to say, what is that? And so that's how we came up with the name. I love that. Because well, I Thank know you. like the, fir the first time that we spoke, you were telling me that it was still uh, the successful man, yeah. And you were you working on building that up. Where so where where is that? Is it going to be? Is it shavingwithchainsaws.com? dot com? Yeah, it's just shavingwithchainsaws.com. dot com. That was the other thing is that the name was so hard to find that this was one where the domain name was available. So <laughs> shavingwithchainsaws.com. dot com. I just want to share with people actually going back to the the story of how we met because we actually I I, I think yeah I was doing we were doing a bit of a podcast consultation because. Uh, I was helping you with some of the, the things you were working towards with your podcast. Right. And then you actually ended up coaching me about the course that I was working yeah. on, which is influential interviews. And I was working on the course at the time. And part of the course is helping people to generate their own creative invitations to get people as guests on their show, which is stuff that I do and people have been wanting to learn about that. So I thought, you know, I'll teach people how to do it. And then one thing that you said to me um, that really stood out to me was you said, the thing that's going to be holding people back from doing this is that 
they're going to want their invitations to be perfect. Yep. And that is something that you're going to have to help them with and show them how to get over that if, if they actually want to implement this stuff. And that really stuck with me. And that's why I brought you on the show today because I, I want to dive deeper into that, into this idea of perfectionism because I've recognized it a lot in myself and it's something that I've been working hard to overcome. And I know that a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, people who are working for themselves, doing their own thing, they go through that. So that's why I wanted, that's what I want to talk to you um, today well, about. Fantastic. Cause I think I've got some great answers. I don't know if I don't know if I got the best answers, but I think I've got some good ones. You will have great answers. Can, can we just start with what would be say a common example of perfectionism that you would see in, in business people? Yeah. You know, I could, well, let's just, um, I'll use some of the example of, um, some of my own clients. And so we're, yeah. this is kind of like the, the avatar version. So this is what I, I naturally see. So okay. the, the first things I really naturally see is delaying on execution of a project, of a project. So people aren't able to execute. Um, they get to about like 90% and then they stop. Um, the other one is really idea bouncing. So they will jump from one idea to the next one. They're, they're infatuated with an idea for like a week. So whether it's like all of a sudden it's drop shipping for like one week or then it's like Teespring the next week or then the next week it's coaching or something. So they're not able to land on one thing. These are really the, like you see like the symptoms of what's really going on. Going on on the on the inside, um, so it doesn't look like perfectionism initially because we kind of think of perfectionism as well. Let me ask you this question: instead of me defining it, what would be your definition okay. of perfectionism? My definition of perfectionism: this is how I see see it within myself. If I'm creating something like a blog post or a podcast episode or a video, I have this tendency to want to make sure that it is perfect in every way from, you know, with the blog post, like with the writing, like no spelling errors. Yeah. I have to make sure that, you know, nothing's out of place. Like the pictures are perfectly aligned. Say with the, with a video, I'll, I'll want it to be perfectly edited. You know, that's just the natural tendency and it will actually prevent me from releasing it because right. I'm, because it's not perfect. Yeah. So what, what do you hope will happen when it becomes perfect? Okay. I'll give you a specific example. I recently uh -huh. did a video for my friend, Jared Easley. I invited him to be a guest on my show and I wanted to play a song on the ukulele for him. Okay. Now the ukulele that I was using wasn't tuned very well and I couldn't get it to tune up right. So no matter what I did to it, it sounded out of tune when I played it. And I thought, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do this video. I can't do the song because the ukulele sounds out of tune and people are going to say, oh, oh, she sounds terrible. You know, right. The ukulele sounds terrible. I was, right. I was so afraid what other people would say. Yeah. And, um, I remember my sister was around and I was, I was showing, I said to her, look, I want to play this song. And I played it for her. She said, that's really hilarious. I said, yeah, but it sounds like the, the uke sounds terrible. I can't do it. She goes, We'll just buy a new uke. And I'm like, yeah, but that's going to take me a while because I've got to go, you know, got to yeah. go find one, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is holding me back from even doing this thing. Right. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. Yes. So I made the video, even though the ukulele doesn't sound great. I, I thought, you know, I'm not trying to be a professional 
um, musician here. Right. You know, I'm not doing this for money. It's just a fun thing. I put it out there. And you know what? Jared wrote to me. Actually, no, when I interviewed him, he, he said to me, he said, Christina, that video made my day. Yeah. He said, you have no idea how much that means to me. It means more than you would ever think. And you know how many negative comments I've had about my ukulele uh, playing? I'm going to guess. None. Absolutely right. Yeah. I've had nothing but positive feedback. So, you know, what you've really hit on is that um, our perfectionism is worry over what is, is how somebody else is going to perceive us. Um, are we enough? Am I enough of who I am right now to be able to get people to like me or to have people like me? You know, some people might say like, well, you know, that's not true. You know, it's like, I'm a, I, I do it for myself. You know, at that point I really questioned somebody like, oh, really? You just do it for yourself? Then it wouldn't matter. You would just do it. Well, no, it's got to be perfect. Well, who else is going to see it? You? Are you going to be happier if it's perfect and you, you know, you've done a job well done? Now, there are those things where we want to do it and we want to do it that's really well, but we're actually really motivated about doing it. We keep on perfecting our craft at that point. Point because we are doing it for ourselves. So perfectionism usually has to come when we're perfecting our craft, but we are doing it for for somebody else. And we're afraid that if we don't do it perfectly, then we're not going to be accepted. So now here's the weird part that it comes in is, so where do we most likely perform perfectionism? And it's in areas of life that we feel deficient. So areas of life that we don't feel naturally strong in. And so we were trying to overperform. So, you know, these words of perfection and, um, I guess perform is in there also, but it's, it's, we are, we're putting a lot of energy into areas that we feel like we need to kind of shore up or somehow, um, it's not good enough for the rest of the world. And now, so here's the kind of the twist on it is that usually when we do that, we're denying another thing in our life that we are actually excellent in. So we spend all this energy trying. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah. Uh, did you talk about how we're denying something? Yeah. Okay. So we spend all this energy to overcome something that we're not good at to the detriment of something that we are fantastic at. So I'll just give you an example. Like, let's say somebody is a long distance runner. They're really good at long distance running. Well, they're not going to be good for sprints, but if they feel like they got to want win a, or to win a race at sprinting, they're never going to be able to do it. And so they're going to practice and practice and practice at sprinting, and they're probably going to get frustrated because everybody else is going to excel past them. And while they're doing all this 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 training to do sprinting, they're actually it's to the detriment of the long distance running because it requires a different skill set. So now when you go to long distance run, you're no longer able to do as well as you're able to do it before. And now you're doubly bummed. You can't do the thing well that you tried to go do. And the thing that you used to do really well at, it's actually worse. So now there's a deeper feeling of like, I have to get everything right. I have to be extra perfect because nothing else seems to be going right. So often when we're dealing with perfectionism, it's this tendency to want somebody else's approval um, over an area of life that we probably don't need that much approval in because we got so many other awesome things going on that we're just like, you know, great. 
I'm not known as an expert in ukulele playing. That's okay. That's not, that's not what I'm here on earth to do. I'm on here on earth to do something else. But there's no reason why you can continue to work to improve on that. So for example, I'm, I'm, I actually do want to get much better at ukulele playing. Yeah. And I am going to practice that, but I've, I've, I'm okay with the fact that I'm not amazing at it and I'm, and I don't, I've over, like, I, I'm okay with the, uh, risk that people may, you know, comment and say that I'm not very good. Right. I don't care because that isn't my specialty and I'm not claiming that to be my specialty. Right. And that's, that's kind of where the magic comes in is that when you know what your specialty is, you can do a lot of other things. This is not a, the best term, but like half ass. When I say half ass, it's not like I wish to do it half ass and only do a half ass job. It's that it's not going to come out as well as somebody who is an expert in this. So it may sound half ass when you compare it to an expert, but I'm not worried about it for my own self worth. This is something fun that I'm doing extra. But what if something is your specialty, right? Yeah. Wouldn't people then feel also feel pressure to make that area perfect as well? Okay. Because that is their specialty. Okay, great. Let's use an example because I think on this it's best if we use an example. So give me an example. Let's use you. Okay. What's something that you feel is your thing that you feel like you got to be better at? I feel like podcast interviews. Okay. I feel like I feel like because I teach people how to do great interviews, I feel like I have to do spectacular interviews. Right. And I definitely put that pressure on myself to do a perfect interview. Okay. So you feel like totally understandable on that one because I have the exact same one. Like, because you want people to engage. You don't want, you've heard of all those podcasts that are just like, oh, they're boring and they're terrible. Or like, you know, like you're not even leading the, uh, the conversation very well. Like I lost you like 10 minutes ago and I don't even know why I'm listening for another longer. Right. We, we all have those things where we've seen, the terrible side. And we go like, I don't want to repeat that. So now let me ask you this question. Do you get comments on your podcast? I do. And for the most part, what are they? They are overwhelmingly positive. Right. Okay. So they're great. So now what you've done is you've put yourself at a higher level than like you're probably putting it like at the super primo primo level. Like I must be super primo primo level. Um, and then you brought up something interesting, which is like, I'm leading somebody. So I must be able to prove to everybody that I'm a super expert. So I've got a question for you, which is how far ahead somebody do you have to be to lead them? One step. One step. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that one already or? No, but I figured because I've, I've learned a lot about how people view others as experts. Yeah. And I do public speaking, coaching and presentations on this as well. And I would feel that same level of insecurity like, oh, I have to give an amazing presentation, you know, to say if I'm speaking to a university, university students, I'm like, I have to give an amazing presentation because I'm teaching them how to present. But then I have to think about what level they're at. Right. You know, and all I need to be is one level above them. Right. And that'll position me as an expert relative to them. That's right. Because that's actually all they can handle. That's the other big mistake. We feel like we've got to totally wow people and, and flood them with all this information. But what they just really need is the next step. That's it. So if you start looking at being a leader that way, like just how can I lead somebody on the one next step? Having confidence in what you're doing becomes a lot easier 
He's just like, well, I can help him with the one step. And then somebody must be asking, like, well, what about the next step after that? Well, great. Two answers to that one. One, when you actually come to that point, great. You've come to that point, but you're not there yet, so there's no sense worrying about it. Another thing is that you'll probably have taken another step by then yourself. Because you're, you're always learning and building on your own skills anyway. That's right. I mean, like, I'll give you a dirty secret about coaching for me. Really dirty secret. So, Ooh, I like dirty secrets. Dirty, okay. okay. So, Especially when they're made public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, all right. Is that I actually sometimes feel I'm a step behind a lot of my clients for where they're at. They are an expert in something that I'm not in. So whether it's some certain you know, part of their business, whether it's import, export, um, a certain type of consulting. Um, you know, I've got dentists and doctors that I work with. I've got, I guess I do have a master's degree, but really I don't even feel like my master's degree is worth anything for what I'm doing. So what makes me qualified to be there? Well, I'm definitely not one step ahead of them in all areas of their business. I just happen to be one step ahead of them in perspective. I'm just an outside perspective for them that they don't get from somewhere else. And so like I had the exact same call or conversation with uh, one of my uh, best performing clients last Thursday. I said, what do I do for your business? And he goes, Christopher, the thing that you do for me is you help me see what I can't see inside of my business. And all I'm really doing is asking questions because I don't understand what he's doing. And then when I hear something that is incongruent, I just ask him, what do you mean by that? What's going on? And just by asking that simple question, because it isn't clear in what he's saying, he realizes it's not clear to him and to his complete community. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've noticed this with you. You're very good at listening and you ask very good questions that really make people think. Yeah. Okay. So that's in a sense, that's my specialty. That's my gift. And so I'm able to walk into areas that I am completely not an expert in, but I can be an expert in leading the conversation in just one step. And so yeah. I don't have to feel like I have to be the expert in everything because that's not where my specialty comes in. So it goes back to like, again, what's that one thing you're special at? And then just own that Yeah. and, and take it. Hey, I've got another question for you about going back to this perfectionism thing. Yeah. What about people who are afraid that they won't come across as professional if they don't make it look, you know, highly something, make something look, you know, highly polished and professional? Right. Are you particularly talking about somebody who's just starting off? I'm actually thinking about, cause I was, I was consulting with, with another podcaster and he has a really slick looking website. His videos are all, you know, his coaching videos are all really well done and, and all his branding's like super consistent and everything's really like professionally done. And I was talking to him and he said, yeah, I'd, I'd really be interested in making a video to reach out to, you know, this particular high profile person. Yeah. He said, but he actually admitted, he said, but I'm a perfectionist and I, I just don't know if I'd be able to do it because, because I like to have everything perfect. And I feel like because from his point of view, he puts out such a highly professional, polished image. I think he would want, you know, everything that he does to then be consistent with his brand, which is highly polished, highly professional. Right. 
so what what do you do to combat perfectionism in that case? Because yeah. it's I think it in those cases it's the unknown thing that you think you should have known about. So uh, I'm worried that there's going to be something that slip by me that I don't know about. Can you explain a little bit more? So if I'm let's say I'm already really highly polished. Yeah. And people know me as being highly polished. So I've already kind of known that I've done things fairly well. And I'm worried about, you know, the next one I do. Um, I'm, I'm worried that there's going to be something that is going to come up as it looks like I didn't see it beforehand. So oh, okay. I should have known that that was going to be an issue. So I'm going to worry. I'm worrying all before I'm taking action of making sure that I completely see everything that's there. Now, we do have to take our due diligence. And as we sit down and we think about what does it take to complete this project, you do it. You build your checklist. You do the different things. You break things down into smaller, smaller bits to the point you realize I can execute that. Now, the fallacy is to think that we can outthink everything or we're able to completely see all the, all the points that we should see without going through experience. So here's where you have to kind of take it, be able to say, I must do and then learn. So perfectionism will get to the point of thinking I should be able to know before I ever execute everything that I should do. Which is impossible. Which is absolutely impossible. And it makes sense when you kind of break it down this way. You're kind of like, oh, well, that makes sense. I can't know what I don't know. I can, I can research it and I can do everything. I can ask my friends. So here's generally what I think you should do. Let's say you're along that lines and you're about ready to launch something new. You find somebody else that does something really well. You, you know, you, you built a relationship and you say really quickly, Hey, would you take a quick look at this and make sure I'm not missing something? Yep. That's it. Just get the feedback. You get quick feedback. And then they're like, yeah, you know, you just, oh no, it looks great. Okay, great. Then you just do it and something will pop up that you didn't know that you did. And you have to look at that moment, not as a failure, but as you didn't know what was going to be there. And now you're learning. So that's actually a success. It's not a point of saying like, oh, I didn't foresee it. It's, of course, I didn't see it. I did think about it. And now I see it. This is the only time that something is a failure is when you don't learn a lesson. So what can somebody really do to overcome the incense perfectionism? So how can we find our one thing? That's kind of those big things. So how do I find my one little thing? So I've got two answers for that. So the first thing to do is you just, you find three people that are already in your life that you know that love and support you and know you particularly in a I'm going to say two of them at least need to be like in a business or work sense. And you just walk up to them and you say, hey, I just got a quick question. What do you think I do better than most people? What do I do that helps you out the most? Now, I know you and I had this conversation, but you'll get one of two or somebody will tell you the answers and you'll have one or two responses. So, Christina, for like for you, it might be. If I said, you know, what do you, if you asked me, what do you do? I'd say, you know, I think you do really well at just instantly connecting with people. And when I say that, what do you feel or what do you think? It, it feels good because I know that, I know that that's something that a lot of people don't have. Okay, great. Does it seem like work for you to do it? No. 
Because I just do that naturally. Because you do it naturally. So that's the first response is that some, when you say it, you'd be like, oh, man, that's nothing. And we actually discount it. Mm. We'll instantly go. Because, yeah, it comes. <laughs> I saw a little, a little video from Derek Sivers and it's called Obvious to You, Amazing to Others. No, but that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have something that we don't value these skills or these attributes that we have because to us it just comes to us naturally it's just right. normal it's just, but for other people it's bloody amazing yeah that's the secret sauce that you bring in the world and we look at it and we go like that's no big deal because it's natural to who we are it's just something we naturally do so if you read the book strengths finders by tom rath that um he really talks about this idea of like what a strength and a talent is so a talent by their definition is a way of thinking or action that you do naturally. So it's just something that you just automatically do. Mm-hmm. Now, their version of a strength is you take a talent, you add knowledge, and you add experience. And now the strength is something that you can actually interact in the world with. And we yep. all have those things. Every single one of us, guaranteed, I don't care where you're at, you are in your life. Okay, so you go you go ask three people, what do I do well, better than other people? What do I do that helps you out the most? Okay, so let's break this down a little bit more because I want people to get the best value out of it. You're going to get an initial answer, which is going to be like, uh, okay. we'll, we'll use you again, like, well, you're really creative. Okay, you cannot yeah. be satisfied with that answer. That's Yeah, because it's like, what do I do with that? Yeah, so, okay, great. So the next question you have to ask is, well, why is that important to you? Or why is that important to everybody else? That's the real answer you need to hear. Well, because I'm not very creative. I can't think that way. When you do it, it spurs on new ideas inside of me. Okay, that's the value you're bringing the people. So the importance, well, the reason I want people usually go ask three or more um, individuals is that they will probably tell you the same thing, but the value they get will be different. Not always, but most of the time it's different. And what you want to do is kind of begin to have the storehouse of I bring value. I can bring value this way for this individual. I can bring value this way for this individual doing the exact same thing. So what it does for our own self-confidence and for our perfectionism is that it breaks down those feelings of like, I have to be perfect because you begin to realize I am enough now. Christopher and I got to talking about what happens when we actually do achieve great things. I asked him why he thinks that we are so quick to discount our achievements and make them out to be not so great. It's that we have an idealism that we want to obtain. And uh, I always draw this analogy, like let's say you're on the east coast of the United States and your goal is to hike Pikes Peak. And you are in Where is Pikes that? Peak. Oh, sorry. It's uh, in the Rocky Mountains in the United States, which is about three quarters across the United States, or two thirds to three quarters across the United States. So it's, yeah, it's a long, 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 far away. Like everything else in America. Yeah, I might add. <laughs> it's so far away, right? And you're not driving. Let's say you got to walk there. 
Okay. And to walk there, you got to cross rivers. You got to fight off bears. You got to find food. You got to like sleep through the snowy winters. You got to do a bunch of stuff. And you're skin a deer. Yeah, and you're just you know you're hacking and just like wrap yourself in its. Skin. <laughs> that's right. Make your own clothes. Eat the maggots. You, <laughs> and you're super hairy because they haven't seen a razor by you know the time you get to the mountain. Okay, so now let's imagine that you are about halfway there. Halfway of where you really want to go, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, where are you going?" And you're like, "Well, I'm climbing Pikes Peak." And they said, "Oh, well, where'd you start?" And he said, "Well, I started on a foot from like New York." Somebody's gonna go, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" You know, tell me the stories. What did you have to do overcome? Like, well, I had to fight a bear. You know, I, you know, I had to wear these clothes. Like, I feel totally crappy because I had some really nice clothes I started off on and they got ripped like in a barbed wire fence. So I had to kill this, this deer and wear its clothes. And I feel like crap because I'm wearing these deer clothes now instead of something pretty that I was going <laughs> to climb the mountain with, right? And this person's going like, unbelievable of what you've accomplished. Like, they're looking at like, you've endured this far. And all you want to do is hike a mountain. Unbelievable. And all you're thinking is like, I'm not, I can't even see the mountain yet. It's because you. So you think, you think it's not that big a deal. Are you thinking it's not that big a deal? You're thinking like, how could you even be saying I'm good at this? Oh yeah. I haven't even reached my goal yet. I haven't even, I haven't even done anything. Yeah. I haven't done anything. I'm not even at the base of the mountain. Like if I finally got to the base of the mountain, then maybe you could praise me because then it feels like, then I can feel like, oh, now I'm starting. Right, but really, where did the journey begin? It began in New York. So we discount the journey that we've taken along the way, okay. and so that's another reason why we get in a sense of perfectionism is that we discount all the accomplishment that we've already done because we have this idealism of what we want to become. In reality, what people need us to be is not the idealism that we think we need to be, but that person we are right now. If they're coming to you saying like, well, that's amazing, it is amazing to them. And you just got to go, oh, okay. That's my own stuff I'm putting on at that moment. That's my own perfectionism or my own idealism of who I think I need to be. Now, here's the fun part. It's like, let's say you're on this journey and you're walking and you're going. And if you learn to accept where you're at in the moment and the perfection of what you've done, then what you're able to do is, Sometimes people are like, actually, I never really wanted to climb that mountain. I've, I've gone along the way, and I thought I wanted to be an expert at climbing the mountain. But the more I walk towards it, I realize it's not really what makes me happy. Or I'm actually having a great time skinning deers. <laughs> I didn't realize it. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you realize that you don't, you don't like the amount of deers that are being skinned and you want to be a deer conservationist. <laughs> the exact same thing, right? <laughs> so, but that's the part of like, if, yeah, if we allow ourselves to be good with what we're at at the moment, it allows us to look at more options and, and, okay. not, and not feel like a failure right, never for reached, giving up on that mountain. That's right. That's exactly okay. right. I just want to like, um, cause, cause we're kind of running yeah. out of time and I think we should start to wrap this up. Now, I was just wondering if you had a, um, a challenge for the listeners. Like what's something that someone can do right now? Maybe someone is suffering from a bit of perfectionism or they've, or they've come to, 
or they're aware that they're that it's holding them back because they're afraid of criticism they're afraid of what people will think or that they're not good enough what what can someone do right now that's going to help them get over I that I think those exercises that I that we described earlier so um asking three people that helps a lot um the other thing you can do is you can go get strengths finder 2.0 the book it's by Tom Rath uh strengths finder 2.0 yeah, the best things and i hope people you know everybody out there listening i hope you actually see the connection to perfectionism that the reason that we end up mm. being perfectionist is because we don't understand what we're naturally great at and then we want to uh, we either discount it or we think it ain't no thing and then we're also we're trying to outperform in areas that we probably just have no business performing in yep and i can say from experience that you do just have to start accepting it and and when people do compliment you on things that you're good at when people do give you good feedback you know take take it accept it yeah. and and pay attention to that because that's going to give you the clues as to what what's truly is the unique value that you can offer the world yep. and on that note I just want to say, Christopher, you do have an amazing talent for for being able to help people and be able to really bring your insights and share them to others. Well, thank so you. I really appreciate you, and I really thank I thank you so much for for joining me. This has well, been you're an absolute pleasure. My pleasure too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, where is the best place for people to find you if they want to? Uh, learn more from you and what. And what yes, you, you can go to my completely outdated website, ChristopherBrowning.com, or you can contact me at coach at ChristopherBrowning.com. And then you can also see me on the soon to be re, uh, soon to be launched podcast, Shaving with Change Loss. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christopher. You take care. Thanks again to Christopher Browning for being so generous with his time and for sharing some of his juicy coaching secrets. If you enjoyed this episode or have a question, head over to thecmethod.com slash Christopher and leave a comment there. I love hearing from you and just know that I read and respond to every single comment. Oh, and before I forget, I actually, I'm bringing back my challenge of the week segment. It's something I used to do on the Design Draw Speak podcast and now bringing it back. So each week you get a little comfort challenge to do that week and, and hopefully it helps you build more confidence and help you to stand out and get noticed. So going back to what Christopher was saying about asking someone what your strengths are, this is your challenge for the week. So go ask three, around three people or even more, ask them what you do well and what was the value that they get out of it. And like Christopher said, the real gold is in knowing what value you actually bring to people. So maybe the thing that you do well is going to be the same for different people, but the value that they get out of it is going to be different. And that's the good stuff that you need to grab a hold of. And that's how you start to build confidence in yourself and your own abilities. So give that a go. And that wraps up Episode 7 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. For the outro today, I thought I'd pick a song that was appropriate to the subject matter of this podcast. So you can hear me playing Perfect by Pink in the background on my ukulele. Thank you for spending some time with me today. You are absolutely awesome. My name is Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.